0: The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. This is Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hardin. Toronto's News, Today's Talk, 640 Toronto.
1: Well, good evening, my friends. Another weekend and... It's a bull market on Wall Street and, well, Bay Street is trying, um, but I'll tell you, uh, without oil, without the banks, um, Canada's always in a tough spot. We need the banks. You need the oils to work, and when they don't, well, the TSX flounders. Crypto uh, back on fire. Uh, Coinbase Global is the only crypto stock I watch, Um, and that's one volatile instrument. Trades on the New York Stock Exchange is the largest largest trading platform uh, for uh, crypto assets in the United States. Uh, Up here in Canada, uh, a dear friend of mine, Dean Skirka, uh, is now the president and CEO, one of the founding members uh, of WonderFi, uh, a.k.a. BitBuy. Dean, thanks for uh, joining us on some hi-fi radio this Saturday night. Uh, you know, your asset class, your space is getting attention uh, again in 2024. Uh, looks like an exciting space, shall I say. I don't really have, I, actually, I don't I have zero exposure to crypto uh, other than semiconductor stocks that we do own. But uh, congratulations on another good start to the year, shall I say, Dean.
2: Thank you. Yeah, it's been an exciting start to the year and uh, certainly shaping up to be a big year for the asset class. Uh
1: uh, so your company, uh, you're the CEO of WonderFi, but Bitbuy still is, the, I guess, the brand that you trade under? There are now two brands here that, that consumers can trade under.
2: Yeah, we now own and operate two crypto trading platforms that clients can trade under, Bitbuy being one, CoinSquare being the other. Uh, in total, we've consolidated five of the eleven regulated crypto trading platforms in the country. The oh, wow. other three, we have taken those users and migrated them into the Bitbuy trading platform.
1: Really? So you're you're consolidating at such an early stage of the uh, cycle or industry cycle. That's very interesting. Why do you still have two platforms? Why not just consolidate them all into one?
2: Yeah, we believe BitBuy and Coinsquare are two of the longest serving crypto trading platforms in the Canadian market. Both have significant brand equity. And, um, you know, in terms of the licensing, we are working towards moving them into one regulated entity, which will create efficiencies for us. But we feel like having both of them in, in market is a uh, value add to the Canadian market and, and to our shareholders as well.
3: So, Dean, you mentioned regulation a number of times. There is obviously the FTX fraud that uh, a lot of people are familiar with. Um, who is uh, the regulator? Uh, it's zero now for our regulation. Is it the same uh, one that you're dealing with, or is it uh, a different regulator uh, that covers you?
2: Yeah, Yeah. so CoinSquare was the first Crypto trading platform to actually be regulated by Ciro. Oh, since then, uh, Wealthsimple has also gotten similar regulatory approvals, and so that's what I meant by you know we'll at a minimum be moving Bitbuy into that regulated entity, so it it will adhere to the same rules and regulations as Coinsquare. Uh, Prior to Ciro's involvement, the crypto trading platforms like Bitbuy were regulated by the OSC and the CSA. And so there has been regulation in place in the Canadian market dating back to 2021. And, you know, certainly you brought up FTX. There are unfortunately a few examples like that of platforms that unwound um, in uh, 2022. And, you know, if you look at it closely, none of that activity actually originated in Canada. So uh, in many respects, the Canadian regulators have done a good job at protecting uh, Canadian investors uh, from this asset class. And uh, we think it's a good reflection and benchmark for the rest of the uh, world to follow in terms of regulating the asset class.
3: Right, and and for listeners out there uh, that you're familiar with, potentially, um, IROC. So IROC has a new name, Ciro. So just for everyone out there to be aware of, that's the Canadian regulator. They regulate the securities industry. Um, a lot has happened in the U.S., and I think FTX was sort of the catalyst for it. Uh, this year, you actually have uh, exchange-traded funds, uh, the, the large names uh, in the U.S., private equity firms, ETF firms uh, launching these products. Um, how has that uh, influenced your trading platforms, uh, Dean, in terms of, uh, I'm going to say, volumes?
2: Absolutely. You know, at a minimum, if you just step back from an industry perspective, you know, I think it's done a lot to uh, add mean- significant credibility to the asset class and, and the sector. You think about BlackRock, Fidelity, Franklin Templeton, household names that institutions know and trust, investing in the asset class certainly represents a shift from the FTXs of the 2022s. And, uh, you know, we think it really sets the, you know, the, the industry in the right direction moving forward uh, in terms of our training volumes, there has been a you know, significant excitement in the buildup to the launch of these ETF products, which launched in mid January. Um, just, you know, in terms of a few data points, you know, in Q3 of 2023, platforms generated about $500 million in training volumes, Uh, Fast forward to Q4, obviously Bitcoin in that time frame is going from about twenty-five thousand to forty thousand plus. Uh, The excitement and anticipation uh, around the ETFs is building up, and WonderFi generated approximately seven hundred and sixty million dollars worth of trading volumes in Q4 across its
1: platforms. I will you know? say, ladies and gentlemen at home, uh, my experience, and it's 22 years on Bay Street, uh, when they come out with new product, like uh, ETFs for a very specific sector, usually marks, if nothing else, an interim top. That's my early warning detector to you. I saw it happen in pot. Uh, HMMJ came out. Uh, it ran for a few months, and that was the end of it. It's amazing. I was just looking at some momentum work, I, I checking out all the subsectors, 11 gig sectors, Uh on Bain Wall Street and going through strength and weakness in each subsector It's incredible. Names that were once at the top and I can say Blackberry is now at the bottom. Uh, mm-hmm. I can say, um, uh, what was that marijuana company, the big one uh, that Bruce Linton ran? Canopy. Canopy. It was at the top of our healthcare sector. Come on. And now at the bottom. Um, so uh, it's incredible when things can be, can be so binary and uh, the, the world really is in many ways a pendulum. Uh, it just doesn't sit at equilibrium. It goes extreme left, extreme right. Um, it just, Fire you know, beware. Uh, ETS are being created. And there's a, there is a good documentary. It's on, it was actually a movie on Netflix called Dumb Money. And they go through the FTX scam. It's a, it's, it's really, really incredible. You want to watch it. It's a, it's, a, it's a good, good piece. Uh, we are speaking with Dean Skirka. He is the president and CEO of WonderFi. WonderFi owns uh, CoinSquare and Bitbuy, two Canadian um, crypto trading platforms. Um, and the company is doing... I think just fine uh, in this uh, very tiny, exciting time, I must say. It is a new asset class without question, uh, and it has mojo. Uh, you know, many people compared uh, crypto to gold. Uh, gold's holding its own, but it has no mojo, and gold mining stocks are turning to dust. They look Awful across the board. Don't fight the tape, uh, my good friends. Just don't do it. Uh, and the trend is your friend. And uh, well, crypto trading, what, 51,000 this week? Certainly is well bid. Um, I want to come back to you, Dean, in terms of crypto. So, of course, I know um, Bitcoin. I know Ethereum. It stops there. Okay, of course, Dojo. And I know that from Bill Maher, who used to make fun of Dojo. And I think that's off the board now. So, uh, it's it, Dogecoin,
3: Wolf. Doge, not yeah, Doge. That's Just, the,
1: yeah, Doge, That's right. Dojo is a, is Karate Kid. And my Do. <laughs> I get my metaphors mixed up all the time. I'm good at that. Um, but you know. In North America, Jack and I screen out of a universe of about three thousand companies uh, down to a watch list of about four hundred. But there's three thousand companies that you can entertain putting into your portfolio in North America. Uh, Dean, uh, how many quality crypto assets, you know, of substance beyond Bitcoin and Ethereum actually exist? And, and how many are more like venture listed stocks, in your opinion?
2: Yeah, it's a good question. You know, there's definitely you know, not too dissimilar to what you mentioned, thousands of names to sort through. Wow. And you know, that can present opportunity, but that can also present, you know, a ton of confusion on where to look and, and, and what to take seriously. You know, I, I my best guess, you know, between hundred to hundred and fifty. That, th- th- that many good top.
1: names, really? There's hundred and fifty good crypt that like, would have
2: substance. Like yeah, I don't understand because crypto was
1: supposed to be like a crypto was supposed to be like a currency, an alternative currency where it had no printing press, uh, aside from mining and keeping the whole network running. Um, which again, I still continue to scratch my head on the amount of consumption of energy it takes. But that's a different that's a different story. Um, but again, there's one U.S. dollar, there's one euro, there's one British sterling. No one knows what we have, uh, and when they find out, they laugh at it all the time. <laughs> they, they they think it's a peso, um, which in many ways it is, unfortunately. But there's not a lot Lot of currency, so why is there so many cryptocurrencies out there? I don't get it.
2: Well, I think I think it's more relatable to the to the equities, you know, uh, comp comparable that you mentioned. You know, a lot of these, um, I think the name is a little bit confusing in terms of the currency component. But a lot of these projects, when you look at them, they are looking at ways to use blockchain technology to improve efficiencies or you know certain po- ways things have been conducted historically. Um, you know, leveraging um, you know, technology and focusing on financial services. And so in many respects, you know, these these tokens, if you will, are more comparable to, you know, junior stocks, penny stocks, projects that are high risk, that are trying to solve large problems that may or may not find product market fit, that may or may not, um, you know, experience, you know, uh, appreciation from a a, a price perspective. And so I, I really don't think when you think of, you know, the, the broader crypto markets or what I mentioned, there's, you know, maybe a hundred or 150 projects that are serious, you know, really it's not as if they're all trying to be a currency where you will go use them to buy your coffee or pay your rent or whatever it might be. Higher head, these man. Are more so. Yeah. These are, these are more so relatable to, you know, venture stocks, like I mentioned, where, you know, they're all trying to serve different problems and, uh, product market fits within the financial services industry you know, to a varying degree of success. Obviously, Bitcoin is a household name. Mm-hmm. If you look at Ethereum, that's obviously the most well-known beyond Bitcoin. You know, there are projects that are trying to compete with Ethereum. There are projects that are built on top of Ethereum. And so the universe really expands. I think at the core, it's important to realize that these are not all trying to be currencies in the traditional sense.
1: Interesting. Uh, we're spending some time uh, with the president CEO of WonderFi, uh, owners of two of the crypto trading platforms here in Canada, uh, CoinSquare and BitBuy. The gentleman's name is Dean Skirka. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, get back to the show about money. It's HiFi Radio, 640 in Toronto. I'm Wolfgang Klein. Any questions for Jack or I? WolfgangKlein.com, TheWolfOnBayStreet.com. Uh, we want to help you build wealth. Uh, work, save, invest, repeat. And then, 25 years later, you get to harvest, play, spend, and invest. It's a lot of fun. It's a cycle, my good friends, and we're here for you the entire way. Turn up your radio, grab a drink, be right back to you in a couple minutes. Stay tuned.
0: Don't go anywhere. There's more hi-fi radio in a moment. On 640 Toronto.
1: Tonight, Hey, you remember watching Superman flying across the sky, and uh, I guess he came up against one of the bad guys, and, uh, oh no, they would use kryptonite on him, wouldn't they? Yes, That's right. yeah, Lex Luthor. They would K- uh, like use kryptonite against Superman, that would take him down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was fun stuff. Almost as good as Batman and Robin with their utility belt. That was so much fun, too. I digress. Uh, boy, has the world changed and moved forward. Um... We still use paper currency, um, a fair bit of it. I'll tell you, my good friends, this this is a show about money. And uh, many uh, fast food chains, uh, independents specifically, uh, on the weekend, if you're ordering some food, you know, pizza or Chinese food or uh, whatever turns you on, and you don't go through, of course, those major delivery companies, but go direct to the source. Offer cash, amazing how many, you can say 15%. 100 100 bucks, save 15%. $15 in your pocket. Again, $5 a day, saved and invested at 9%. That's $5 a day, saved and invested at 9% is $740,000 in 40 years. $740,000. So just use that one tip. Pay cash uh, wherever you can. Save some money. And uh, don't use crypto to do this, eh? You can't do that with crypto, can you, Dean?
2: No, you can't.
3: No, no. Cash. Hey, eh? you know, cash, you know, what I'm talking about people like cash. There was a story yeah, about the,
2: well, the less common these days.
3: I say there's a story about a pizza being bought for, I think it was like one Bitcoin or something like that. Or, Ooh. yeah, it costs a fortune when you compound it out.
1: Well, one Bitcoin, excuse me.
3: I know. This is what you want. Yeah, the first oh, one of the first, oh, first Bitcoin. Yeah, oh, something like that.
2: Well, uh, what it was was it there was, you go. Um, it's on May in May. Uh, I think it was in 2010. Someone had purchased uh, one. Pizza for 10,000 Bitcoin. 10,000.
1: Oh no. I used to 10,000 times 51,000. Oh goodness. Is that 10? What's enough? We're getting the billions of dollars here. 10,000 times 51,000. That's a lot of zeros. I was adding four zeros onto 51,000. That's $510 million. That's good math I did. Holy smokes, I'm good. $510 million. Oh my God. $510 million. So so, here's one for you. Dean, so here's one for you. Uh, Super Bowl was actually, I think, pretty good this year. And uh, I, I expected Taylor Swift to perform. That's what I thought. She was just at the game. Um, and artificial intelligence, Jack is telling me, did a little uh, nudie on uh, Taylor Swift. And that's creating a whole lot of regulation now around uh, artificial intelligence. I want to bring her name up because she is woman of the year. And she's now valued at north of $1 billion. Taylor, I think, has been around for 20 years uh, doing her thing in a complete success story from the day she was a teenager, uh, doing pop into country and now more pop and taking the world by storm. Good for Taylor. Rod Stewart, I still think he's super cool. And he's been on the stage and and, and winning women's hearts, I'm going to say for about five decades, six decades. He was hot in the 70s. Yeah, five and a half, five and a half decades. He just sold his music rights for $100 million. That's a tenth of what Taylor's worth, and he he's sang a lot more songs than Taylor has in his career. Uh, but anyway,s that's uh, things have changed. I just think about sentiment
3: drives price. People love Taylor right now.
1: So, you know, sentiment does drive price, and it's incredible. Uh, and this is interesting, Dean, because again, you're you're speaking about you know having about 150 you know tradable uh, coins of of, of some part, perhaps value. Um, but again, it gets down to perceived value and what's going to you know, cause the herd to go in a certain direction. So let's, again, right now on Bay Street, Dean, here's what's working. You, you name artificial intelligence around your business, it's working. You name semiconductor uh, around your business, it's working. You name software and Internet security, and it's working. Industrials are also working, Dean, very, very interesting. What's not working? Real estate, banks. Oil, uh, base base metals aren't even working, forestry products mixed, Home builders strong uh, without question, um, healthcare, it's a total mixed bag. You know, Bristol-Myers making 52-week lows. Um,
3: you Eli Lilly making 52-week e- 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 highs e- e- week e- 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 with making
1: obesity drugs. Obesity drugs uh, certainly helping out some cause. McDonald's yeah. looks like it's rolling over. Pepsi has rolled over. Sentiment. Nothing's changed within these businesses, just sentiment. Uh, so in your space, Dean, let's talk about sentiment and and, the, and, and how does it affect various uh, instruments that trade on the platform? Do, is there any standout stories that you can share with us about sentiment driving one particular coin over another?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, look, you look at uh, Bitcoin and, and what's happened, you know, like I mentioned, you know, in about October of last year, it was trading in, you know, twenty twenty five thousand $25,000 range. Through the excitement and anticipation around the ETFs, you see sentiment really start to improve around Bitcoin, and that obviously drives the price to about forty-five, forty-nine thousand on the day of the actual ETF launch. Obviously, things cooled off for a bit, but you know when you look at some of these inflows, uh, you know since the launch, BlackRock and Fidelity now hold over one hundred ninety thousand Bitcoin, which is worth ten billion dollars plus within their ETFs alone. You look at the net inflows on February fourteenth. You know, about 340 million dollars across all of the U- U.S. ETFs. You know this positive reinforcement. You know my view is what's really pushing the price up you know, past 50,000, as you had mentioned. And I'm glad you brought uh, that up,
1: you know, so if I may interject, I'm really glad you brought that up because I I was going to ask you, and you're you're, you're leaning into it right now, tying into my first question, is there any real serious money in the space now? And you're telling me BlackRock, which is the world's largest ETF provider, uh, now has a stake in Fidelity, one of the world's largest money managers, uh, has some money uh, in it. Uh, Pension funds, uh, any interest there, or sovereign funds?
2: Well, I think that's part of the opportunity with the Black BlackRock ETF ETFs in general. You know, those two examples, more likely than not, would never have had had a vehicle or instrument to be able to actually get exposure to crypto through. You know, now that they have that opportunity, you know, more likely than not, there will be someone, some first mover at some point, you know, whether it's a sovereign or a pension fund, looking to get some exposure. And, you know, we think from there, you know, the the floodgates can open. And, you know, if you think about, investors with that profile, with, you know, the investable assets that they have, a very small allocation for them can really have a meaningful impact on the price of Bitcoin. And, uh, you know, we think that's going to start to play out, you know, over the six to 12 months following the launch. Uh, In terms of, you know, sentiment more broadly, you know, there are examples of, um, you know, various projects that for differing reasons outside of Bitcoin, you know, can find Uh, you know, a moment in time and and really, you know, drive drive value for their, you know, token holders. Think about a project like Solana, excuse me, which is a competitor to Ethereum, you know, for a few reasons uh, that that project was quite popular in the last cycle. It traded down to about eight dollars or so uh, in uh, the beginning of 2023 and, you know, ended the year in 2023 um, you know, in and around the $90 range. So it was able to really show meaningful growth. And obviously there are natural reasons why, you know, that coin will catch momentum over others. Um, You know, I don't know if we want to go into the details, but clearly there are many examples of where, you know, certain trends or, you know, certain um, segments of the asset class or industry can catch excitement, catch momentum, and then really start to, you know, move the needle. Uh, You know, you look at, you know, Solana is one example. You know, there are many examples where you know sentiment can be driven in certain areas of the industry. Most typically, what you do see, though, like we've seen with this run up in Bitcoin, you know, to fifty two thousand now, uh, a lot of times what will happen is you know, Bitcoin will you know catch everybody's attention. You know, it'll improve sentiment generally, and you know, you'll see the price appreciate the way it has. You know, from there, people typically look to invest, you know, take those profits and invest into, say, Ethereum or some of the other uh, altcoins, if you will, is what they're called. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that sort of, you know, that starts to spread through the rest of the industry. And so not too uncommon to see, you know, cycle go Bitcoin heavy at the beginning and then you know shift to ethereum and then from there shift yeah. to some of the smaller you know caps. No, I like
1: uh, what you're saying Dean because the same thing happens on Bain Wall Street. Uh, when you get a new bull market beginning, it's the strongest stocks, the biggest stocks that go first and at the very end it's the small stuff that goes. The irony is when the market rolls over, the small stuff rolls over first the big stuff goes down last and so they say it ain't over until you take out the generals uh so that's interesting and sentiment is so important and so hard to understand um, but know something uh, positive sentiment does end as well uh, and again as you're talking about these alt coins and the creation of many of these coins and the enthusiasm much of it took place during covid and that's the same time a lot of free money was being handed out and wall street bets was coming to to the to the uh, four-way as well uh, i just look at amc today new lows beyond meat bye-bye Um, and I think it's a very, very long list. The one that I haven't looked at recently is GameStop to see how that uh, uh, stock has played out because that's that's what that whole movie Dumb Money was all about, GameStop, and one guy getting on the Internet and promoting uh, a stock and getting some sentiment behind him. But again, the trend is your friend, and sentiment, uh, as one Wall Street shop calls it, it's idiosyncratic factors that move a stock, and it can be well over 50% the reason why a stock moves. Uh, Good earnings, if they don't like it, they don't like it. Bad earnings and the stock goes up, surprise, surprise, probably better than expected. And there's something else underneath the story, so to speak. Uh, Dean Skirka, president, CEO, WonderFi, uh, crypto king of Canada, uh, owners of Coinsquare and Bitbuy. Uh, it's good to see credibility uh, in the space uh, and some comfort, I shall say, uh, Dean, because uh, it is a bit of a scary, uh, I think, uh, uh, arena. Uh, it's new. It's not. As regulated as other industries, I'm glad, uh, uh, was it Cyril? Cyril. Yeah. Cyril. Uh, they're actually in our building, by the way, Dean. Uh, if you ever have to have a meeting with Cyril, pop in and see us. Uh, we're, in we're in the same tower We're on Temperance Street. So uh, we've been warned. Be careful what you say. Cyril's in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Dean, you're a good fella. Uh, be well. Uh, take good care of uh, your clients as I know you will. And uh, we look forward to having you back on Hi-Fi Radio for some more insight into the world of uh, cryptocurrency. Uh, quick break, get right back to the show. We're going to be talking about infrastructure and industrials, a little engineering while we're at it on Hi Fi Radio with our analyst, Mr. Yuri Link, live from Montreal, right here on Saturday night.
0: Have a great one. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. There's more Hi Fi Radio in a moment on 640 Toronto.
1: Big time. Bill Sarah McLaughlin, Canadian content. Yes, you buy the mystery and sell the history. That's a cliche from, Bay, uh, from Wall Street. I love those cliches, and there's a lot of them, and they are very, very true. Uh, they were written for a reason, uh, because they have merit. Buy the mystery, and you sell the history. We are speaking about that just in the previous segment about sentiment. And when they want it, they want it. Don't argue with it. Try to go with the flow. And when they don't want it, they don't want it uh it's incredible and uh, right now they don't want for example here at home Nutrien it's a lovely company it's a great company it pays a dividend it's financially stable it's one of the world's largest egg plays ever the world has to eat they don't care they don't want it they want artificial intelligence they want technology cyber security maybe some industrials uh and yes industrials look pretty good right now I must say uh Yuri Link uh, he's one of our analysts at Canaccord in Montreal. Uh, he covers North American listed growth companies, uh, mainly capital goods type names, uh, engineering firms, and, uh, yes, companies who build stuff. Uh, Stantec, uh, flirting with a 52-week high, likewise WSP Global. So engineering firms working right now. Uh, Yuri, uh, interesting market, I must say, because a lot of things in Canada aren't Working, But the engineering stocks have been working for a number of years and they keep pushing higher as our banks don't work, oil's not working. The rails are. Um, It's a real mixed bag. The irony is if um, finning down Tormont up this week, there's a tale of two markets. Uh, So please uh, bring us up to speed what's taking place in the world of engineering and uh, capital equipment and uh, overall long cycle uh, construction, shall I say.
4: Yeah, sure. Thanks Wolf for for having me on. The the sector overall is in is in great shape. Um, you know, the overall macro drivers are are positive and when we're looking to pick winners in in our coverage universe or just at large, I mean, we we kind of start from a, a very wide top-down view, you know, population's going to grow 20% over the next 30 years, okay? Well, how do you get a multiplier on that? Well, that's going to mean a lot of electricity, right? And then you look what's going on there with the electrification of everything. So electricity demand is going to grow 50% over that time. Hmm. You want to play on that. Well, copper demand is going to grow even faster than that. So, you know, then, then you start getting into, okay, so how can I play these these themes and some of them are kind of a backdoor play on on resources others more on construction and engineering some are both so you know you you the government's certainly want to get their priorities done which is you know the elimination of internal combustion engine cars by 2035 I'll believe it when I see it good luck i say yeah but that's the way they're trying to steer us right mm-hmm. um and that's where they're directing all kinds of money, which is what you really need to pay attention to. So the Stantex and the WSPs, and I think Tormont is pretty close to an all-time high as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, these, these stocks are direct beneficiaries of you know spending on uh, non-residential construction, otherwise known as infrastructure spending. Um, and the December numbers for the United States just came in. And non-residential spending was up 20% wow. for the year. Now, to, to put that in perspective, Wolf, I mean, a, a good year used to be 3 to 5%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's coming through. And, and then, you know, when you, you, you look at where they're directing that spending, I mean, the big winners last year, uh, water supply and sewage and waste disposal spending up 21 and 26% respectively. So power spending up 19 that's that's grid grid hardening and, and new generation capacity. So, you know, to, to play those themes. Again, we, we talked about the last time you had us on uh WSP and Stantec, great names to, to play those themes. We we do like the cat dealers, Finning and Tormont. Um yeah, really? cat so. had a new high. Yeah. Yeah, they had great numbers.
3: So, Yuri, can you maybe talk about uh, the differences uh, between Canada and the U.S. and what you're seeing with your companies? Because we've had a couple of guests on over the last couple of weeks just talking about, you know, how difficult it is in Canada to invest, uh, the opportunities there. But what I'm looking at here is, you know, where is the growth? And fiscal spending is, is what you're talking about um, when you talk about non-residential construction. you got the CHIPS Act, the Inflation Act. I mentioned a Wolfgang on the way to the studio, Biden- the Bidenomics. Chips, the CHIPS Act? The CHIPS Act, yeah, reshoring about, semis.
1: This, they, they, they created a CHIPS
3: Act. Yes. Okay. So lots of spending going on in the U.S., a lot of it done with deficit spending. Um, in the U.S., maybe that can continue. In Canada, I see you know opposition pushing back there. Um, what's your view on Canada uh, versus the U.S.?
4: <clears throat> we are seeing a bit of a slowdown in Canada um, on the construction side mm-hmm. um, vis-a-vis the, the United States right now. Um, I think this is a, a bit of a lumpier market, if you will, a smaller market uh, that, that does get bounced around by certain large projects coming to a close before an equally large one can start up. You know, for example, the, the Site C Hydro Dam out in B.C., that was a multi-year, multi-billion dollar project just wrapped up. Calgary Ring Road, same thing. So there, is, there are large projects starting up, especially in Toronto. Um, on the transit side. But we are in a bit of a a, a lull. And and you saw both uh, Finning and Tormont um, refer to some headwinds in construction in Canada um, on their calls. Um, The United States, the numbers are still coming in uh, pretty hot. I do expect growth to slow, but still remain um, well above uh, historical norms.
1: You know, it's incredible when I look through my uh, watch list because, again, I, friends, I have about 400 stocks I watch very, very closely. And what I'm looking for are names that are moving up versus names that are moving down. All quality businesses, but they don't necessarily get the love from the market at the same time. And as opened up with uh, the industrials have a nice bid in the marketplace right now. Uh, we own a company called um, Builders. Um, uh, BLDR is a symbol on it. Uh, I'm not sure if you know that company. It's basically yeah. a, it's, it's a building supply warehouse. Uh It's flirting with new highs. Ingersoll Rand, it's a compression business. It's making new highs. Uh, United Rental, pushing higher. The water space is funny because I do watch Xylem. It's one of the world's largest pure plays on water. And it's trying to get a bit of a bid, but it's been an expensive stock. I will say as well, a utility play that we have, we don't have many utes on our book. In fact, we only have one, and that's Ontario Hydro. Uh, you don't follow that stock to you. That's not one of your babies, is it? No. It? no. But no. Uh, I just know every, every year I'm going to get a new hydro bill with probably a rate increase, probably 3 to 6%. So uh, as the rate increase goes, so goes my dividend, I think, it's a decent way to hedge your hydro bills. And uh, we all know water bills have become pretty significant items of of expense for the average Canadian these days. It's uh, Things really, really have changed. Um, tell me something, Yuri. Uh, as we go forward for the next, uh, say five years, um, what else excites you within the Canadian uh, capital goods space? Uh, you mentioned a couple of engineering firms and a couple of uh, cat dealerships. Um, is there anything else that we can really chew our teeth, uh, put our teeth into?
4: Yeah, if you want to go, if you want to go, um, go down market cap, I'd rather go yeah. up market cap. Oh, you'd rather go up? Yeah, market,
1: uh, yes, yeah. Up, up market cap.
4: Um, well, another another. Um multi, yeah, almost multi-billion dollar market cap uh, would be Badger Infrastructure Solutions. Mm-hmm. This is a name that's very interesting. It's 80% in the U- U.S., 20% in Canada. Um, they are the largest provider of non-destructive excavation services. What does that mean? Hydrovac excavation. Yeah, um, And there's two two really compelling long, long-term themes driving their business. The first is the aforementioned increase in construction spending. The second is this focus on, on safety, um, sometimes through the lens of ESG, but you know, everybody wants to have safe operations, and um, safe digging is being uh, – the importance of that is really being driven home as, as you know, there's been a number of tragedies uh, when companies are excavating around, say, a gas line. Mm-hmm. Buried underground. So the Hydrovac is really a solution to that um, because it's, uh, it shoots water, loosens the ground, and then sucks it up. It's really efficient and safe. Interesting. And uh, working around telecommunication lines that you don't want to damage, uh, obviously gas lines. And so as you think about, you know, increasing um, infrastructure work in and around these critical Uh, utilities not to mention the fact when you start thinking about ev charging stations and and all the hookups to the grid that that's going to need uh the demand outlook is really good and uh they've they are the biggest um by a country mile they've got 1500 units in north america the next largest competitor would have about 300 oh my so big big scale advantage so we really like uh that name quite a bit badger interesting
1: well we're gonna take a quick break and get back with uh yuri link uh, our analyst uh in the capital goods sector talking about uh, engineering construction uh equipment and some of the industrials uh that uh, actually look pretty interesting in here i must say it's an interesting market the things that you can do that are working and things that aren't working and the name of the game do more of that which is working and less of that which isn't working it's hi-fi radio it's about money your money We want you to have more of it. That's why you're listening to us. We're here to help you. If you have any questions, don't be shy. WolfgangKlein.com. We're here for the people. We love you, and we thank you for tuning in. We're going to take a quick break and get right back with Yuri right after this.
0: Want to make more money? Stay tuned for more Hi-Fi Radio on 640 Toronto.
1: does make the world go around. Like it or not, it's also the root of much good. Don't believe me? Give some money to charity. The root of goodness, my good friends. That's what it's all about. Uh, Jack and I try real hard to help you have more money. We want you to become wealthy, uh, and then you can help others. Uh, yourself, of course, included. Uh, it's a tough world out there, uh, and there's a lot of hurt, and I don't like saying it, uh, but money can... Help with the hurt. There's a lot of prosperity too. It's remarkable. You look at Toronto today uh, from what it was even five years ago and I, do a post of the city skyline, which I just did a couple of days ago, on uh, my Facebook Instagram account. A friend of mine, an old broadcaster, actually, brother Billy, who uh, moved out to BC, I uh, said, "I don't recognize your city anymore." And he just left a few years ago. That's true. A couple of years away from the core, and you come back and say, "Oh my goodness me!" And uh, you are on Montreal, Yuri. Now, again, us Canadians view Montreal as a place of a uh, uh, the mob, gangsters, um, lots of infrastructure discussed but nothing getting fixed um you know decrepit road system um Yet a lot of money being spent around it, sort of. Uh, the, the, the country certainly needs a bit of a tune-up, and, and, and I know Montreal does as well. How much different is my? Because I love your city, by the way. Don't, don't, don't take that in the wrong way. I think it's one of the greatest cities in Canada. Uh, the people are lovely. The food's lovely. It's got much more of a historic sense to it than certainly Toronto does. Uh, it's a great place. And if you haven't been to Montreal, go to Montreal. Go to Quebec City and go, go across Canada. It's a beautiful, beautiful country. Then you can graduate yourself into Europe and eat some good food and drink some better wine and probably... Enjoy the Schwab Vivre a little bit more, but uh, discover your own first. Uh, but Yuri, talk to me about that. Um, you know, uh, these municipalities and, and, and provinces—where do they come into the overall equation of spending bills and, and, and uh, keeping keeping the world employed when, when, when you know uh, business is getting a little quiet in other areas?
4: Well, I mean, a, a lot of the the burden for getting um, the bulk of the infrastructure spending done does fall on the, on the municipalities and And that's where things get gummed up a little bit isn't it because you know they they 've only got one source of of tax revenue, and that's that's property taxes and you know you're seeing those surge oh. because you know there's their their populations are exploding, the infrastructure was already decrepit now they need to fix the old stuff and build new stuff at the same time so you know, the politicians need to figure out, you know, the, the big announcements at the federal level are great, but they still have real trouble getting that money down to the municipal level where, where it's needed. Um, with that said, I mean, it, it, things move slow, but, you know, Montreal's put in its first uh, real new transit project in probably since the metro opened in the 60s uh, that's called the, the REM The first phase opened. Um it's an electric line, not unlike your Eglinton uh fiasco. Um understatement understatement. Yeah. But this one this one went a little smoother. Really? Um, and yeah, yeah, relatively speaking. Um so that, I'm surprised good. I'm very
1: surprised by that you just hear story a little benchmark wolf that you're <laughs> <laughs> but from you here. hear stories about the Hells angels controlling the construction sites and just the payoff and nothing getting done there'll be signs it looks like people are working but nothing is getting done that's just the rumor we hear of course I'm sure it's that may be one instance of a few audiences uh, but it's incredible as well Canada you know our climate uh is so harsh on infrastructure isn't it Yuri yeah. Uh, it, it beats it up bad. You don't see that in uh, Europe. Eh? I was well, I asked my wife, so why do buildings hold up better in, in Europe? and Why can they have terracotta roofs? And she said, well, yeah, they don't get the extreme temperature and moisture that we have here in uh, North America. It, you know, Remember the pothole epidemic we had in Toronto about five, six years ago? Well, no, fr-
3: yeah, frost obviously is a big issue. Yeah, but, so, uh, serious
1: frost, yeah, like permafrost.
3: But what Yuri's talking about is regulation. You talk about taxes, Wolf. You talk about permits and delays. No. Uh, we've had Brad Lamb on the radio a number of times with us. Uh, all that stuff uh, delays progress, and it's just government really getting in the way of business. No,
1: but I think it's the mob. In, in Montreal, I think it's the mob. It truly, it, you're, how much is a mob? How much is a government, in your opinion? Let's be honest. This is
4: Hi-Fi Radio. <laughs> I think uh, we had a little inquiry here called the the Charbonneau Commission about 10 years ago and um, you know, largely cleaned a lot of that, that stuff up. Um,
1: you know, my, my suggestion, we need Crenshaw to give him the, sh- 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 what handshake? The Schwinnigan handshake. That's what we yeah. need. He should walk up to the and give him the Schwinnigan handshake. That's a, that was a, you know you what know, that was, eh, hey, Jack? <laughs> no, when, I don't. when a prime minister was attacked and he and he took the attacker and by the throat and basically threw him to the ground. And they call that now the Schewinigan handshake. You take someone by the throat and push them to the ground. Only yeah. Montreal, my friend. You, you know that, of course. You're right. The Schwinnigan handshake. It's the best. Yeah, yeah, that was the the intruder. It's the intruder. I loved him for that. What a prime minister. Now, as opposed to our current prime minister, you know, pointing the finger at some broadcast company for laying off people. Really? It's his position to tell private business as to how they should hire and fire Oh my God, that was an error. Uh, By the way, I'm going to end with, because he called that a garbage layoff. I'm going to say, garbage stocks, Yuri, are absolutely on fire. Waste management, progressive, and waste connection. All flirting with 52-week highs, but we're out of time, my good friend. Uh, Yuri Link, analyst, uh, capital goods sector, uh, live from Montreal, spending some time with us this evening. Thank you, my friend. Um, Mon ami. Uh, Yeah, have a good evening. Shall I say? Uh, You're welcome. Uh, Friends, any questions about money, Uh, anything, big or small, we answer them all. Hi Fi Radio, uh, each and every Saturday, right here on 640. And reach out to us, WolfgangKlein.com, thewolfonbaystreet.com. May you live and prosper, my friends. And we're here to help you along that journey. Have a great weekend. Thank you.